Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. How can I create more opportunities to find off-market deals and then see what answers you come up with rather than saying, well, what happens if I can't find any deals? What happens if I can't raise any money? They're all kind of connected to each other. Real quick, before the episode, I want to give you a gift of 25% off. And that gift actually is from TransUnion Smart Move. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. Because as landlords, we tend to be most concerned with getting paid on time. You might also know that hundreds of thousands of landlords have to deal with the headaches of evicting tenants each year. Evicting a tenant can be painful, costing as much as $10,000 in court costs and legal fees, and take as long as four weeks to complete. What if there's a trusted way to help prevent the headaches of dealing with evicting a tenant? Make the smart move right from the start. Smart Move's online tenant screening solution can help you quickly understand if you're getting a reliable tenant, which will help you avoid potential problems such as non-payment and evictions. For a limited time, listeners of this podcast are invited to try Smart Move tenant screening for 25% off. Here's how Smart Move can help you find your next great tenant. Make a more informed decision with Smart Move's proprietary credit score built specifically for tenant screening, which predicts evictions 15% better than a typical credit score. Reduce non-payment risk with Smart Move's Income Insights Report, which enables you to analyze the applicant's income within minutes and determine if additional income verification is needed. Get critical information quickly with a full credit report, criminal background, and eviction history report. With over 5 million screenings completed, SmartMove can help you make a better leasing decision for your rental property. If you own a rental property, SmartMove can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to TenantScreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion SmartMove, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants. There needed to be a resource on apartment syndication that not only talked about each aspect of the syndication process, but how to actually do each of the things and go into it in detail. And we thought, hey, why not make it free too? That's why we launched Syndication School and Theo Hicks will go through a particular aspect of apartment syndication on today's episode and get into the details of how to do that particular thing. Enjoy this episode, and for more on apartment syndication and how to do things, go to apartmentsyndication.com, or to learn more about the Apartment Syndication School, go to syndicationschool.com so you can listen to all the previous episodes. 
Hi, Passive listeners. Welcome back to another episode of the Syndication School series, a free resource focused on the how-tos of apartment syndication. As always, I'm your host, Theo Hicks. Each week, every Wednesday and Thursday, the Syndication School series air on the podcast, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. We also post these a little bit later in the week on YouTube in video form, so you can listen or watch either on the podcast or on YouTube. Each of these episodes or overall series focus on a specific aspect of the apartment syndication investment strategy. And for the majority of these series, we offer a resource for you to download for free, whether it be a PDF how-to guide, an Excel template calculator, a PowerPoint presentation template, some sort of resource for you to download for free. All of these free resources and past syndication school series can be found at syndicationschool.com. This episode is going to be a standalone episode entitled Four Tips to Raise More Money from Passive Investors. So this is actually a response to a very common question that we receive. In fact, it was the most common question that we received at our best ever conference, which actually you can buy tickets right now at BEC20.com, third annual conference. This time I think we're doing a ski resort actually, so that's gonna be pretty cool. I'm looking forward to that. But one of the obstacles that a lot of investors had was how to raise money and how to find more off-market deals. So we put together a list of ways to raise more money, to find off-market deals, And actually, these are actually kind of meshed together into four tips that'll help you today start raising more capital from investors. And then one of these strategies will actually help you find more deals as well as more investors. So let's jump right into it. The first tactic is to focus on building your sphere of influence. So when Joe interviewed the Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which is probably the number one response we get When we ask guests what's their best ever book, this is episode 262. So Joe got him on the podcast within his first year of podcasting, which is pretty impressive. But one of the things that Robert Kiyosaki said is that the richest people in the world build networks. Everyone else looks for work. So what this means is that the most important thing that you can do short-term, long-term in general is to play the long game when it comes to real estate investing And to play the long game, make sure that you're staying relevant to make sure that you are continuously building and growing your business and not just doing a few deals and falling off is to focus on building your network. And what we found is that the best, most effective way to build your network and what Joe attributes to his success to a lot is to create a thought leadership platform. Best of your listeners. We are not going to go into how to build a thought leadership platform in this episode because we've talked about this a ton on Following Friday, and we've also got, it's probably a six or eight part syndication school series on how to build a thought leadership platform, why to build it, how to grow it, but just to kind of quickly summarize what we talked about in two, three hours of content in syndication school, and then probably another 20 hours of content on Following Friday, is a thought leadership platform is going to be an interview-based online platform, like a podcast, which you're listening to right now, a YouTube channel, which you might be watching right now, a blog or an in-person event. The keys 
to having a successful thought leadership platform that has the purpose of, again, building your network and playing the long game is number one, consistency. So whatever thought leadership platform you do select, make sure you're doing it on a consistent basis, whether that's every day, multiple times a day, a few times a week, once a week, whatever it is, pick a time frequency that you're going to create this content and then stick to that for at least a year before expecting to see any crazy results. So this is going to be, a, again, a longer-term strategy. That's why we have the world's longest daily running real estate podcast. We're, I believe, in the 1800s now. So we've, we've had an episode air for 1,800 straight days. Next is to identify what your unique angle is going to be. So don't just have a generic, vague podcast or YouTube channel or thought leadership platform. Make it unique to you. Make it unique to your skills. Make it unique to your experience. Make it unique to your background. One example is that Joe has two clients that have a military background. And one was in the Army and the other was in the Air Force. So they created a YouTube channel called Joint Ops. And it focuses on teaching people how to do lease options. And once they launched that, they were able to raise over six figures in money from passive investors by launching this brand. So if you're an engineer by trade, then have your thought leadership platform focus on some aspect of engineering when it comes to real estate. If you're in sales, talk about sales techniques. If you're in marketing, talk about marketing techniques. But it'd be even more specific than that. If you're in a certain type of sales, just talk about that sales technique or just be creative and thinking about what your unique angle is going to be using this joint ops, people with military backgrounds as an example. Next is to start within your sphere of influence. So when you're starting out your thought leadership platform, as I mentioned before, you're not going to see crazy results right away. You're not going to launch your podcast and then have a million downloads in the first month. I'm sure it's possible and I'm sure it's been done before, but if you're starting from scratch, you're going to start at zero and have to slowly work your way up. So focus on sharing your content with people within your sphere of influence It takes a lot of time to gain the trust and gain the viewership of strangers, but you can get instantaneous results by sharing it with your current sphere of influence. So send it to all of your family members, send it to all of your friends. You can even send it to your work colleagues, depending on if there's some sort of conflict of interest and you don't want them knowing that you're spending all this time on real estate, then don't do that. But focus on your sphere of influence that you already have. For example, for Joe's first deal, he raised a million dollars from a combination of his work colleagues people he knew from volunteering, people he played flag football with, played softball with. And actually, none of it came from his family members. It came from friends of family members, but none of them actually came from family members. So focus on not only trying to grow your thought leadership platform within your current sphere of influence, but heck, try to raise capital from them as well. And then lastly is to tie it into a larger distribution channel. So this is pretty simple and it's kind of something that you're naturally going to do anyways, but Whatever content you're creating, make sure that it is on a platform that already has a large built-in audience. For example, if you're going to do videos, YouTube. If you're going to do blogs, post them on Bigger Pockets, post them on LinkedIn, post them on Facebook. If you're going to do a podcast, do it on iTunes. Leverage the existing channel of these large networks to grow your thought leadership platform. So that's a long way of saying that one tip for raising more capital is to Build your network. The best way to build your network is through a thought leisure platform because you can network with people 
all across the world while you're asleep. It's probably one of my favorite things to say. <laughs> Number two is to ask better questions. So what does that mean? Joe was talking to a client and he asked them to tell them what's the best thing that's happened to them since the last time they spoke. And the client in particular said, oh, since the last time we spoke, things haven't been too bad. And while that may seem kind of innocuous and not really telling, if you kind of dive into it, what they're actually saying is that things aren't going good (laughs) at all, (laughs) or at least they're not going good because they're saying it's not that bad. And so the point of that is to kind of focus on the language and the words that we're using. So even though this person said that things aren't that bad, they're still using the word bad, which is a negative word. And Joe is a big believer in that using these negative words, using bad, poor, things like that, don't, can't, put us in the wrong mindset. So the same thing applies to you. So you're asking yourself, why can't I raise more money? Or why can't I find a deal? Or what happens if I raise money and I don't find a deal? Or what happens if the deal doesn't work out? Or what happens if I can't raise any money at all? So instead of asking yourself those questions, rather having these negative questions, these, well, what if I can't do something? What if this doesn't happen? What if something bad happens? Instead, focus on asking better questions. And these are questions that don't have the built-in assumption that something is going to go wrong. So to reframe some of these questions, you would say, how do people who are great at raising investment capital and finding deals do it? So that generates more creative, generates better answers, more positive answers, because you can say, oh, well, Joe made the thought leadership platform, so maybe I should make a thought leadership platform. Whereas if you ask yourself, well, what happens if I raise money and I don't find a deal, or what happens if I can't raise money? You're thinking about, oh, well, then I'm not going to beat my financial goals and I'm not going to be able to afford my house. I'm not going to be able to eat. I'm going to starve and be homeless or something. So you're kind of spiraling downwards into a negative rabbit hole as opposed to spiraling upwards into a positive rabbit hole by asking yourself, okay, well, what can I do to raise money? What are the people who are successful at raising money doing? That's going to generate much more positive thoughts, which is going to put you in a better mindset, which is going to increase the likelihood of you actually raising the capital. Whereas saying, well, what happens if I can't raise capital? You're more likely to not raise capital at all. So that's kind of something you can quickly do by shifting your mindset into asking these better, more positive questions as opposed to these negative sounding questions. Number three is to create opportunities. So this is something that can apply to both raising money as well as to find deals. So what can you do to create the most amount of opportunities that will allow you to raise more money? So what are things you should be doing that will give you the opportunity to raise more money? Not necessarily 100% definitely walk away with a million dollars in commitments, but something that has the chance of getting you more private money investors, volunteering, going to meetup groups, doing a conference, starting a thought leadership platform, going to bigger pockets forums, starting a blog. So all these different things are you putting yourself out there, putting content out there, not necessarily directly going to get you private money right away because you're not walking up to someone and saying, hey, do you want to invest? But you are creating the opportunity to eventually get leads and raise capital. Now, when it comes to finding deals, the same thing can happen. Rather than sitting back and passively waiting for deals to be sent to your inbox, 
You can go out there and create opportunities. You can go out there and proactively find deals through off-market marketing strategies like direct mail, cold calling, things like that. But think more unique than that. Here's an example to kind of get the juices flowing. So one way that Joe was able to find a deal in a hot market was they were looking at an on-market apartment opportunity. I forget the deal's details specifically, but it's something on the lines of the uh, on-market deal was made up of women of two and three bedroom units. Since it was on-market, the price kept getting bid higher and higher, but the market was great. The value of opportunity was there and they really wanted this deal. Now, there was also another property across the street that was made up of mostly one bedroom units. And I thought that it'd be a great natural referral source if someone comes to the two to three bedroom unit and says, well, the two bedrooms are a little bit outside my price range and I don't really need that much room. Well, if you own the property across the street, we can say, oh, that's no, no problem. We've got a property across the street, same area, same management team, same amenities. The only difference is a lot more one bedroom opportunities over there. Plus, because of the economies of scale and the ability to get the off-market deal at a reduced price, they wanted to pursue that opportunity for those benefits. So their broker reached out to the owner and ultimately they ended up buying the deal across the street as well as the on-market deal. So they bought the on-market deal and the off-market deal. And because of the benefits, the advantages of the off-market deal, they were able to pay a little bit of a higher price for that on-market deal. Now, if they didn't, crazy opportunity by reaching out to the owner across the street, they probably wanted that either deal. But by being creative, thinking strategically, reaching out to the owner across the street, they're able to turn zero deals into two really amazing deals, which I believe they still own to this day. So this is a more general piece of advice about creating opportunities. I gave a couple of specific examples, but the way you create opportunities is going to be unique to you. So again, ask yourself better questions and ask yourself, how can I create more opportunities to find more investors? How can I create more opportunities to find off-market deals? And then see what answers you come up with rather than saying, well, what happens if I can't find any deals? What happens if I can't raise any money? They're all kind of connected to each other. The fourth tip to raise more money from passive investors is to partner up. So rather than try to go at things alone, find a business partner. So when Joe was a solo investor, when he was working on his business all by himself, he was able to purchase four single family homes and one large apartment building. And then he says that his business was a little stagnant for a few years. But once he partnered up with someone, and when it comes to partnerships, we've got some syndication school episodes as well as blog posts about partnerships. So if you just go to joefairless.com, type in partners in the search box, all of those blog posts and syndication school episodes will come up. But you want to find a partner who complements your strengths and helps you with your weaknesses. So what you aren't good at, they are good at. What you are really good at, they're not necessarily the best at. Well, when Joe partnered up with this individual, as you guys know, Frank, his business skyrocketed. And now they have over, I believe they have $700 million in apartments under management. So he went from four single family homes and one apartment to $700 million in apartments under control by, in a sense, partnering up with someone else. One more piece of advice on partnering is that if you want to find the perfect partner, as I mentioned, it needs to be someone who complements your strengths as well as helps you out with your weaknesses. Well, you need to know yourself. You need to know what you're good at and what you're bad at. You need to objectively analyze yourself because obviously everyone has weaknesses. So if you're saying, well, I don't have any weaknesses at all. Well, you probably don't know yourself. You're not going to be able to find the best partner. So figure out what you're not good at or what you don't like doing. That way you can find someone who does like doing that and is good at it. 
It's going to take some time to know yourself in the context of real estate investing. If you haven't done a deal before or haven't done many deals, but as you do deals and you experience the ups and downs of buying the deal, underwriting it, due diligence, closing, managing, selling, you'll start to realize what you like and what you don't like, what you're good at and what you're not good at. And then look in the mirror and ask yourself, what am I really good at and what am I really bad at? Then build your team around those answers. And once you do that, your business is going to begin to skyrocket. For example, for Joe, after his first syndication deal, he realized that he was really good at raising money and really good at marketing, but he was not so good at underwriting and asset management. Well, he found a partner who has an institutional background. So he's phenomenal at underwriting and phenomenal at asset management. As a result, they complement each other perfectly and which is why they were able to scale so quickly. Whereas if Joe thought he was really good at underwriting, thought he was really good at asset management, and brought someone on to do capital and marketing, well, they might not have scaled. Uh, he might not have done any more deals just because he'd been pulling his hair out from underwriting because I know how much Joe does not like <laughs> underwriting deals. So those are the four ways for you to raise more money from passive investors. Some of them longer-term strategies, but some of them are some instantaneous things you could do right away. Number one is to build your network by creating a thought leadership platform, which is one of those longer-term strategies. Number two is ask better questions. So shift your mindset from asking negative questions like what happens if this bad thing happens to, well, how can I make this good thing happen? Or what are successful people doing that result in this good thing happening? Raising money, finding deals. Number three is to create opportunities. So instead of sitting back and waiting for money to come to you, waiting for deals to come to you, well, go out there and create opportunities. The example being Joe going out and reaching out to the owner across the street and buying the package of deals as opposed to just the on-market deal. And then fourth is to partner up with someone who complements your strengths as well as helps you out with your weaknesses, which requires you knowing what you're good at and what you are bad at. That concludes this episode. Until next time, make sure you check out some of our other syndication school series episodes about the how-tos of apartment syndication. Download our free documents. All those can be found at syndicationschool.com. Thank you for listening. Have a best of your day, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. If you own a rental property, TransUnion Smart Move can help you identify the right renter from the start so you can avoid the problems of non-payment or evictions. Don't put yourself at risk. Go to tenantscreening.com, create a free account, enter the code FAIRLESS at checkout for 25% off your next screening. With TransUnion Smart Move, you'll get great reports, great convenience, great tenants best ever listeners we have launched bestevercauses.com that's bestevercauses.com we profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart get the word out about their cause and also donate money towards their cause if you'd like to one learn more about the causes that we're profiling we do one a month then go to bestevercauses.com and if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.